Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I'm Arlene Bonin. I hope you're having a great evening. Sitting in here for Alex Pearson. And what a what a day it is at Toronto City Hall. We have Premier Doug Ford slashing council. Lots of reaction. Not a lot of time. And today, Toronto voted to challenge Premier Ford and these council cutting plans. They are heading to court. There's a battle and we're going to talk about it. Here's how it sounded. Parts 1A, B, and C of Motion 1A carry. The vote is 27 to 15. And with that announcement, we have made it official. How is it going to work? There's so many questions here. Just one of the things we're going to throw at our panel this evening in the studio, Andy Stinton, who is the small businessman, the voice. Hey, Andy, nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. And joining us, Dennis Matthews, who's the vice president at Enterprise Canada and also a former advertising advisor to Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Dennis Matthews. Welcome. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. I will start. I'm going to start with you, Dennis. First of all, are you surprised Toronto has done this? It just really looks like we are heading into uncharted waters. No, I'm not surprised. And I think if you if you listen to any of these councillors over the last you know number of weeks here, uh, you're seeing this is sort of their number one issue, and it's it's their job sort of on the line here. And I think a lot of them are were counting on a system that's that's no longer there. Where, where I've just become so confused is, you know, with every passing day, the time is ticking in terms of uh, the actual election. And you know, I still imagine this is going to be the big burning issue of the campaign. And I think all these councillors will be better off to forget about the special sessions and get out there and knock on doors and, and get votes or, you know, none of them will be coming back. It's a really, really good point. Andy, look at where we are in our city. Now that they're they're taking this to court, all the other things that have started to develop in this race for new councillors and a new mayor in the city of Toronto, they're going to have to be put on the back burner. We're talking violence in the city of Toronto, and we have a lot of issues. Now it is a battle. Is this a big chance? Well, the first thing is it scares me to death is the fact that I actually agree with Dennis. So <laughs> this this He's is trembling. My, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm starting yeah. to break into a cold sweat, Dennis. It's pity you're not here. I, you know what? I think this is brilliant politicking by Ford. He will not get his his stick out of the wheels of John Tory's bike spokes. He's going to go after him. He's going to go after him. And Tory has bitten on this bait like nothing else has the council. From what I understand, and I'm not political wonks like you guys, Ford and that government has the right to do this, whether it's just or under just. He has the right to do it. So what sort of munjo cake, silly, goofy idiot is going to try and turn this over, waste time in court? I mean, you then have to look at the the average IQ of the councillors that voted for this. I don't think they can can succeed. What's it going to do? It's going to make just like Dennis said, go out there, stop doing these Mm -hmm. motions, go out there and start campaigning and tell the electorate why we should vote for you, whether there's 27 of you or 127. Dennis, do you feel for the mayor a little bit here? What was he going to do? I mean, do you think that he should have separated himself? Because I guess he took a little bit of chance. He would have been up there in a little bit of a a tight, uh, tight rope as he tried to walk it because, you know, he wants to pull from all parts of Toronto and those on 
the left in the city have been pretty clear they want to stave the status quo. Yeah, like I, you know, I, I, I'm somewhat sympathetic to the position he's he's in. I mean, I I was initially puzzled on sort of why he was mm-hmm. getting involved in this fight because you know his his job isn't really on the line here. And and frankly, I think if you if you had him without TV cameras or anything around, he'd probably you know he, he may recognize that city council hasn't been all that functional and things aren't getting done. And it's not because of the mayor. It's it's just the council and the setup is is such that it's sort of impossible to move things forward. And so I think, you know, if he finds a way to get reelected here and, and life goes on as normal, he might be happy to have a smaller council. You know, the challenge is just the his his main competition in, in Kismet on, on to the left of him. And, you know, she was making this such an issue that she was talking about trying to get Toronto to leave the, the province and perhaps even the country. <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's a scenario here where he doesn't want to get outflanked. And, and, you know, it's a typical John Tory. He's trying to pull from a lot of different sides. He's not a typical right or, or left wing politician. So, you know, he's got a he's got a bit of a balancing act to do here. But, you know, I give him the same advice I give to all the councillors, like move past this as soon as possible. It's happening. There's no stopping it. And. You know, Arlene, you mentioned the gun violence. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's another big issue out there. Focus on the stuff that is going to motivate voters at the end of the day. And I just don't think this will. All right, Andy, considering that Dennis just he made some really good points, I'm wondering if now we're, people are going to be stuck with the stain of this. If you fought for this, can you really come back? You mean, you mean if you, if you voted for this silly legislation to fight it, can you yeah, come back? Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't think maybe, you can. I think it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Tory has bitten into Ford's little, you know, poisonous apple here. He's got Iatsi mm-hmm. 58 slandering and insulting him all over the social media. And that's an issue that's not going to go away. He's got gun violence and he's got Ford pushing that. And he... You know, it was like, oh, look, here's a bright, shiny object. Let's chase after it. I can't believe, because I like Tory, I can't believe he chased after it. I seriously can't. Dennis, you know, as as we look at the city of Toronto right now, and as you just said, it's incredible. Here's where we're going. We've done crazy stuff before. We've been there. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll never forget all the councillors turning their back on the mayor as he was speaking. Yeah. We, we know crazy town. However, you know, the, saying that Toronto should separate it is Toronto already has an image across the country and in other parts of Ontario. People love yeah. to hate the city of Toronto. Is this yeah. going to push it forward? Yeah, well, this is the great irony, right? Is if you're if you're in any regional center and or rural Ontario, you know, you look at Toronto and and you, sometimes begrudgingly, like, ah, oh, they control everything. It's all about Toronto all the time. And you know, here you find a politician who's managed to say, well, no, it's actually not about Toronto, and, and we need to separate in order to, uh, in order to you know get our way. Uh, you know, there's some there's some irony there. But um, Dennis, do you really believe that people in Cambridge or London or Windsor? Go! Oh, look at Toronto! Ooh, ooh, ah! I don't no, think they—I don't, they, no, I don't think they, they give a no, damn, Dennis. No, no, they don't. But I, they don't. In a, you just in said a they did. What, what I what I what I meant to say, or I hope it, it always can come across that way, is that they look at Toronto as as a, a part that has so much influence that it it's it's the yeah they're they're of, tired of it, and uh, exactly, and they're and they're tired of it. And then you look, know, like I, I lived in Ottawa for almost ten years, and you know, I tell you, every time you're talking about the province and and decisions, it's you know you get this feeling that decisions are made in Toronto, and and the rest of the province is is stuck living with it. And I think that gets amplified in the uh, in the regions and in, in rural Ontario. I I have to tell you a little secret producing uh, media and radio and 
being on television, there was a little secret that if you said the word Toronto and it was a national show, and if, even if you said it and it was just a provincial show, you had to really, I used to imagine that I'd, I'd said a terrible swear word because that's how it was received. Okay, people yeah. in London and people in Hamilton that are tuned in right now, we still love you very, very, yeah. very much. Yeah, but we're focused on ourselves in a selfish, narcissistic, narcissistic way. Final question here before we move on. Dennis, let me ask you, and then I'll throw it at Andy. Do you think that this could also be a learning curve for the new premier? One, two, three, four. We watched him go. He was moving very, very quickly. We know that all politicians, no matter how confident they are, all of a sudden realize they may have overreached. Do you think he's up for this battle? I uh, yeah, actually think he's the lesson he's taking from this is to keep pl- keep plowing ahead. Um, I don't think the criticism is really part of his voter coalition. I don't think it's part of his social circle. This is this is sort of a, a controversy mm-hmm. that's just happening, uh, almost like a concentric circle removed from uh, Ford center of influence. So I you know I think look to the fall and into next year you're going to see more action like this because uh, you know when he he's creating controversy on his own terms on terms that his voter coalition likes. All right, quickly, Andy, what do you say? I, I, I think that, that I sat back and said I would watch Ford and not judge him. From what I'm seeing, he's building up that great big avalanche snowball mm-hmm. that's going to hit him in the head, the, the carbon tax. Suddenly there's all the money that that's going to cost. His buck of beer, people, uh, the breweries are not going on board with it. He's doing saying saying all these things, but the repercussions are yet to be felt. Ah, the the power of political capital. We're going to take a break, and we will return. Let's talk about our prime minister, diversity. Get used to it. Maybe one of the big issues yet again in the next federal election campaign. I'm Arlene Bynan in this evening for Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. All right, let's talk about our Prime Minister. Over the weekend, Justin Trudeau announcing that he was running and he was confronted by a heckler. It dominated a lot of the political headlines over the weekend because he kind of took this this person on. We're getting some more information about perhaps it was a plant. It happens all the time in politics, but it doesn't matter to a lot of people that his tone was a bit harsh. Today, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was having nothing with the word apology. One of the things that we recognize is there has been a polarization in our political discourse. Uh, And there are people who are trying to feed fears and intolerance for a broad range of reasons. And uh, I will remain positive and remain uh, pulling uh, people together, pulling communities together right across this country. So there we have it. And Andy, what do you say? I mean, here we have, to me, I'm seeing things very, very clearly. This diversity, this is the way that the prime minister is going to um, focus on an issue and try to get his brand back as we head into the election. What are you thinking? I wish his brand would be financial responsibility. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And if he's going to go into the election, but I think anybody could meet, what's his name, Andrew Shear, who always reminds me is something off Toy Story. Uh, I think anybody can beat him. Seriously, I, you know, and that with Bernier going on. Polls show it's kind of close right now. Yeah, okay, so we know we're going to believe polls, okay, uh, a year out. 
I, I don't think so. I think Trudeau's thing here, he's got this nice little brand. I'm personally fed up with hearing about it because the more you talk about it, the more you actually divide the country. I think just let it be. I think his heckling, mm -hmm. and for those of you who haven't seen it, go on to the 640 news page and look at it. It's brilliant. He's like the best stand-up comedian putting somebody down. And I love that stuff. That's good politicking. Is it good politicking, Dennis? I mean, the tone is important. It sure is to me in politics. And he seemed to be doubling down on this today. Dennis, did he make a misstep or did he take a bold step forward? You know, I think it's more of what we've what we've seen from him in the past on on this. It's it's this. You get lectured on diversity all the time, and it's there's every type of diversity is great except diversity of thought. And when you sort of fall on the mm -hmm. wrong side of, uh, yeah, you know, sort of Trudeau and his his ideology, suddenly you know you're in, in the case of this lady, you know, she disagrees with them on on the illegal crossings at the border, and so she's a racist. they're not illegal. And, Why are you saying that? Yeah, well, it, 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 and he would probably say the same thing to me. And and the and the problem is like. He, he just if you don't believe in climate change, you know, you're a climate change denier. And it's it's this you get this constant lecturing about our politics is becoming polarized and divisive. And it's almost like you can't look in the mirror and just see, you know, he's as much a part of the problem as he is identifying the problem. And I'm wondering if, if things have changed here. Dennis, I'll just continue with you before I throw it back to Andy, because as we head into the election, this is going to be very different than the last election. But is the prime minister pulling out something that was kind of tried and true? And where does the danger lie for conservatives here? They are very vulnerable. We see what happened, probably more vulnerable than the other parties for that. Oh, they're mean. They don't want immigration. Yeah. Andrew Scheer has been very cautious. Some are are a little bit critical of it, but it's understandable. Yeah, no, and, and conservatives need to understand uh, that it's not just you know it's not just what you say; it's what people hear on mm -hmm. these issues. And and conservatives, rightly or wrongly, carry a bunch of baggage on on this front. And and in particular in 2018, because a lot of conservative or so-called conservative parties around the world are, are making a lot of hay on on nationalist and and nativist issues. But you know where I think the real risk lies for for the conservatives is. By you know spending too much time talking about these issues, you know they're they're actually losing sight of where, where I think the next election will be, you know, won or lost, and that's you know with with families and commuters in the suburbs who are feeling pinched uh, when it comes to taxes, pinched when it comes to affordability, and speaking to speaking to them about cost of living issues and jobs and and you know commuting times, all all, all those sort of things that you think of a regular family uh, in the suburbs would be worried about, and I and you know I think. Talking about there's nothing wrong with talking about uh, immigration. There's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with talking about what's happening at the border. It's just, uh, you know, I think they can become obsessed with it, and then it looks like you're 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 taking your eye off the ball in terms of what voters really want. Andy, is Dennis right? I mean, I can certainly <laughs> no. see it. No, I mean, outside in the suburbs is clearly emerging as one of the big issues here. I can see that they're not going to care about diversity, but but here's where I think that politics have got messed up. And and sorry, Dennis, because this is not a shot at you specifically. Politics used to be where the party decided what they wanted to talk about, and they went out and talked to the electorate. Now it's controlled by communications companies. It's controlled by PR agencies. Everything is molded into a product like Pepsi or Coke or a bag of chips. 
And, and this is where we're not reaching. Well, we are reaching somebody. But in a lot of cases, Ford got in by narrow casting. He said something to the percentage of people that he would knew would get him into power. What's best for Ontario? What's best for Canada? No, it's decided by messaging. And, and Dennis, you've got to admit that. There's a lot of just branded messaging going out there that comes from, from communications companies. It is branded mes- messaging, but that is based on research, isn't it, Dennis? Well, there's, there's a lot of branded messaging, and, and I understand where Randy's coming from on this, and there's certainly an element of that in, in politics. But, you know, we're also, we're also facing a, a time where it's never been easier for individuals, and sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, to be their own communications people on, on social media and get their own news. And, and I like to call it building your own virtual newspaper. You know, you're not beholden to just mm-hmm. reading the Toronto mm-hmm. Star or Globe mm-hmm. Mail or, or newscast. You know, you can go out there and, and get your own information and, and sort of decide things uh, for yourself. So I think there is some, there is some power in that. And it's not, it's not quite as much as just the message being crafted because if, you know, if that were the case and if it were the case that, you know, the media was still gatekeeping, you know, you, you wouldn't have a, an anti-carbon tax campaign have worked in Ontario because if you, you know, talk to anybody in the media, it was almost universal in terms of a, a carbon tax being a good thing. And there's not a lot of coverage of the border. And, and that's sort of been driven a lot by, by you know, some regular people and, and yes, yeah, some communication professionals, people with, a, with an interest saying, hey, I'm actually a little concerned about what's going on here. So I think it can actually be be both ways. Is it is it great or not? Well, I think there are some problems with with both sides of that. But but you look at how you look at how how Ford got in. Trudeau could do the same. Is he stuck on message? He stuck on a populist message, and he kept repeating it over and over and over. He denied access to the press so that the the average electorate couldn't ask him a question about anything else. And 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 that's the trick these days. So, is the person in in the suburbs going to care about diversity? There'll be a communication company that will decide that. And I think that's the sad, sad thing. It might be sad, but it works, the messaging, doesn't it, Dennis? And also, that messaging is really, really important. And you bet the conservatives are trying to nuance theirs this week yeah, in Halifax. No, you, you, you bet. You, you bet. And, and, you know, to, to counter Andy's point a little bit here, uh, you know, you can control the media and you can limit access and do all those kind of things. And, and there are times when it works for you. But, you know, I've worked for political leaders where that worked for a long time. And, and then, then it, it did. Out, and then it doesn't. <laughs> so, you know, the pendulum sort of swings on the, the pendulum swings on these issues. And, you know, and, and maybe, if, you know, Ford was able to get to have a really disciplined campaign and, and limit access. Well, you know, that that works well, it works. And, and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, it worked for Stephen Harper. Then it didn't work. So. You know, I, I, yeah, but Trudeau looked better than Harper on Facebook and Twitter, and and I believe that it sounds like a stupid when, statement, when, but I think that helped a lot of people. You know, when Justin Trudeau was in third place, he would do every media interview out there, and and you know he still does a lot, but he's a lot mm-hmm. harder to reach. He's a lot harder to talk to today than you know he was uh, he was before, and you know he's gone through some pretty serious personal allegations this summer. And, yeah. you know, he's gone through a couple of controversies. And as those were unfolding, you talked to members of the press, he wasn't all that easy to reach. All right. Dennis Matthews, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dennis. Right, thank you. All right. Dennis is vice president at Enterprise Canada, and he's a former advertising advisor to Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Andy Stanton in the studio, our small businessman. Thank you, Quite Andy. Big, really? Uh, our big businessman. Thank you. We're going to take a break. I'm Arlene Bonin in this week for Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.